Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on Believe, the number one content network for professionals, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm your host, Nara Wang, and in episode 69, I'm thrilled to have Marcus Grant, the host of NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network, and my longtime friend and fellow Trojan back on the show. Marcus, it's always fun to have you on the Everything USC podcast. Yeah, it's, uh, what is this, number three, four episodes that I've been on now? Like, I feel like I should get one of those like Steve Martin SNL smoking jackets at some point. Yeah, it's at least four Maybe five, if we count that double episode that we did. So yeah, we'll work on the swag for later. (laughs) But if you enjoy listening to this show, subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, TuneIn, and more. Or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Find us on social media at Believe Network and at Believe Sports. For me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Marcus, how do the people catch up with you with all of the stuff you're doing? Well, Twitter's the best way, usually. It's just Marcus G, M-A-R-C-A-S-G. Although I'm, I'm doing the TikTok thing occasionally, too, so you can uh, find me there. Uh, it's the full name, Marcus Grant, M-A-R-C-A-S Grant. So that's pretty much the best place to find me. And then, of course, NFL Network, five days a week, NFL Fantasy Live, which is Three o'clock Pacific, six o'clock Eastern. I don't know if we have an Eastern time zone audience, but uh, in case they do, 6 p.m. Eastern. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, where you'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. For the second straight week, USC football gave all of its fans way too much to worry about late into a game against an inferior opponent as the Trojans had to survive three fourth quarter touchdowns by the Cal Golden Bears to win the Pac-12 After Dark homecoming game, 41-35. It was just the second time all season that SC didn't score on its first possession of the game, and Cal actually scored first on a Jaden Ott 10-yard TD run that capped off a way-too-easy 5-play 76-yard drive on their first possession. The Trojans answered with a TD, but a bad snap on the PAT kept them behind 7-6, But after USC scored three more touchdowns to take a 27-7 lead with 11 minutes to go in the third quarter, you figured order had been restored and you would be wrong because the Bears made a furious comeback to get within one score with 231 to go in the fourth quarter and luckily couldn't recover the onside kick allowing the Trojans to run out the clock and secure the win and 
Another huge game for quarterback Caleb Williams, who's been saving USC basically all season long. 26 of 41, 360 yards, four touchdowns in the air, ran seven times for 38 yards and a touchdown, the first touchdown of the game for SC. Travis Dye doing it on the ground as usual, 15 carries, 98 yards, and his eighth straight game with a touchdown run. First guy to do that since Marcus Allen had nine games in a row in his Heisman Trophy winning season of 1981. Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, the star receivers both did not play due to injuries. So Michael Jackson, the third, stepping up five catches, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. Taj Washington, seven catches for 112 and a touchdown as well. On the defense, what can you say about Tuli Tui Pelotu, the D lineman with two more sacks, now has a nation leading nine on the season? and Bryson Shaw, leading tackler with 11, 10 of them solo. Those defensive stats for those guys might look good, but as a whole, when you give up 406 yards passing to Cal quarterback Jack Plummer on 35 of 49, he threw for three touchdowns, did throw an interception. Wide receiver Jeremiah Hunter led the way with 13 catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. Total offense in the game, USC racked up 515 yards, but gave up 469 to Cal. So, Marcus Grant, are these last two games against Cal and Arizona warning signs that USC may not be as good as the record and rankings say it is, or is it just taking two mediocre teams lightly? I think it's more of a warning sign. And I've sort of felt that way about our defense from the early part of the season. It's problematic, I think, at best right now. And yeah, it really comes to show when you talk about two less than great teams in Arizona and Cal that you let hang around, that you let score a lot of points. You talk about, you know, Jack Plummer, and we made him look like Jake Plummer last week. And so that's, that is definitely concerning. And I think what helped people ignore it was the fact that they were so opportunistic in getting turnovers early in the season. I mean, you know, you have a game, you what, you run back three interceptions for touchdowns. It sort of erases. A lot of other mistakes, but as we've gotten further into the season and teams are protecting the ball better, the Trojans aren't forcing as many turnovers, then suddenly those weaknesses become glaring. And I know you and I have talked about this in our friendly text chain that, you know, a lot of times two linebackers, small safeties, it's hard to stop the run. The secondary at times looks kind of lost and confused with some youth back there. So there are real questions. Fortunately, when you have an offense that scores 40 points a game, it sort of uh, erases a lot of those mistakes. But I do think there are things to be addressed. And we may have to find out the hard way with UCLA and Notre Dame coming up, two teams that can move the ball offensively. Definitely, I'm worried about how they're going to look in those last couple of games. Obviously, there is a game in between. We're going to get more to that as well. But like you said, there's been a lot of good turnover margin for USC. Best in the country at that, basically. And... You've got to be happy that Caleb Williams just continues to have, like we would say in basketball, right? A high usage rate. And yet he's not committing turnovers. He's moving the ball. He's getting into the end zone. He really, to me, has been the saving grace for this USC team and probably should be getting more love in the Heisman Trophy polls that are out there for guys who might be contending for that honor. But is it a good sign that you can say, hey, USC didn't have Jordan Addison and Mario Williams and Eric Gentry and all these guys who have been banged up who are stars and yet they still can find a way to win? Or is it one of those things that we need to get those guys healthy quickly? I think this is a situation where both things can be true. I mean, I think it is sort of 
a feather in the cap for this team that they can be missing major playmakers on both sides of the ball and still figure out a way to win. It definitely speaks to the talent that Lincoln Riley has been able to bring in. Thank goodness for the transfer portal, right? But at the same time, when we talk about these big games later in the season, you want all of your weapons there. So, you know, I know the hope is that Addison plays uh, against Colorado. We'll see what happens with Mario Williams. I know Gentry is maybe not quite ready, but getting close. So it's good that those guys are getting healthy at the right time because, you know, for all of the greatness so far of this offense and everything Caleb Williams has done, you still want to go into battle with all of your best weapons. And, and they've been kind of shorthanded the last couple of weeks. So when you look at the big picture, USC ranked eighth in the polls. And of course, the one that matters, the college football playoff committee poll. And they have a path to a playoff, you would think, if they can win out, if they can play a one-loss Oregon team in the Pac-12 championship, and certain other things go right around the country, there's a path to the playoff for the Pac-12 champion. I think it's got to be either Oregon, UCLA, or USC winning out. But is this team really a playoff team, in your opinion? I don't know. I think they're a fringe playoff team. But I don't think that's bad, right? I don't think that anybody in their wildest imaginations for this year's SC team thought we would be knocking on the door of the playoffs. I, at least I, I felt like this was sort of a, a feeling out year for Lincoln and, and figuring out what this offense can be, what, what he has in terms of the roster. So the fact that they are even in the conversation, I think to me is certainly encouraging, but I still think defensively there are too many deficiencies there. And, you know, look, being able to score 40 points is great when you're talking about Cal and Arizona, when you are looking at running up on whoever it is, the Georgias, the Tennessees, you know, even like Michigan's Ohio States, can you still put out that sort of offensive output knowing that you may be giving up, you know, 30, 35 points in the game? And that's the part that sort of worries me about this team being a playoff team. Now, maybe next year we can really seriously have that conversation, but I do still think they're a year away from legitimately being a playoff contender. Yeah, if you had told me coming into the season that USC would make the Pac-12 championship game, and have one loss going into that game, I would have been thrilled with that. But obviously, once you get into it, you want them to do better. And so hopefully, USC can keep winning and maybe get themselves into a playoff a year or two ahead of schedule. But again, this is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. I'm Nara Wang, joined today by my longtime friend, former USC roommate back in the day, Marcus Grant, now the host of NFL Fantasy Live on NFL Network. If you enjoy listening to the show, you can subscribe, download, and rate it, and get it wherever you find your favorite podcasts, or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Network and at Believe Sports. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Marcus, where do the people catch up with all the things you're doing? Twitter is usually the best place. Marcus G, M-A-R-C-A-S-G. But yeah, you can find me uh, on NFL Fantasy Live during the week. Also, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. Putting a lot of stuff up there recently, too. This is Jamie Hagia, former USC women's basketball player and CrossFit Games athlete. And you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Network. Fight on. And now let's take a look at the matchup between USC and Colorado, a Friday night game on FS1 and the USC Radio Network, KABC 790 AM, the flagship station in Los Angeles, starts at 6.30 p. 
p.m. Pacific time. And Colorado coming in 1-8 on the season, 1-5 in the conference, and just had a 49-10 loss to Oregon. Carl Durrell was the head coach to begin the year, fired after an 0-5 start. The interim head coach is Mike Sanford, who was the offensive coordinator. USC leads the all-time series against Colorado 15 to nothing. So never have the Trojans lost to the Buffaloes. The last game, even despite all of the issues last season, USC was able to go to Boulder, Colorado and win 37 to 14. When you look at some of the key guys for Colorado, they have a sophomore quarterback, JT Shrout, who's completing just 45% of his passes so far this season, 976 yards and six touchdowns and six interceptions. Not a very good ratio. Their top running back is a junior, Deion Smith, 75 carries, 381 yards, and two touchdowns this season. In that loss to Oregon, they lost their top receiver for the season, actually, and that is not good, obviously, for the Buffaloes because they already are maybe missing some of the great skill position players, but Jordan Tyson, who had 20 Two catches for 470 yards and four touchdowns will not be playing against the Trojans and the rest of the season. And the honorary captain for the Buffaloes in this game, Montana, Lamonius Craig, the receiver, has 19 catches. He'll be expected to step up. And he's a local kid, grew up just a few miles away from USC and the Coliseum. So, you know, he'll be pumped up to play. On the other side of the ball, safety Trevor Woods leads the team with 79 tackles, also has an interception and two forced fumbles. Linebacker Josh chandler Samedo has 77 tackles, 12 and a half for loss, two and a half of those being sacks. And cornerback Nico Reed leads the team with five pass breakups. But on the whole, obviously, USC is much more talented than Colorado. This is a game that USC should win by a large margin, but as we've seen in the last couple of games, who really knows, depending on what USC defense shows up for this Friday night matchup. Luckily, it's a Friday night at home and not on the road. Otherwise, I'd be even more worried about it. But for USC to get the win, to move the 9-1 the season, maintain at least the number eight ranking in the polls, I'd say the biggest thing is just don't take Colorado lightly. Go in impose your will and talent and skill on this team from the beginning and let's have this thing wrapped up so that the east coast folks can go to bed early right marcus yeah that's exactly right and what i want to see from sc is it's not even so much the first couple of drives because i feel like this team starts generally pretty quickly they move down the field they'll put points on the board even the second drive it's like they still sort of have that energy what i want to see is Early in that second quarter, when you've had the ball a few times, are you still having your foot on the gas defensively? Are you still getting after it? Are you making plays, getting stops, getting off the field? That's going to be the part that's important because it just seems like the Trojans sort of go into this lull and they let teams either come back or just sort of hang around in ball games. So I'm with you. This is about proving to, to Colorado early on that you are the superior team. And you're going to take control of this game. Don't give the Buffaloes any signs of life because otherwise then it's a frustrating night and a lot of us are tuned into television maybe a little bit later than we wanted to be watching this game. Yeah, I hear the complaints from our friends who are on the East Coast and Central Time Zones all the time about why am I having to stay up and watching this and stressing out 
on Saturday nights. Well, let's see if it's going to be a stress out on Friday night. But is there any way that you could see USC losing this game? Honestly. No. Um, <laughs> no. But the, the two words that popped into my head as you asked that question, and you may know where I'm going with this, Tavita Pritchard. Right. I mean, oh, God, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? SC was what a 40 point favorite at home against a bad Stanford team. And, you know, a quarterback named Tavita Pritchard, what was he? Dan Fouts, nephew or something like that. I feel like there was some connection to a pro quarterback just shows up in the Coliseum engineers, one of the largest upsets in college football history. So in theory, no, I don't see any way that the Trojans can lose. But you never know. You fall asleep at the switch. Some things go go sideways on you, and, and you could lose a ball game. So, again, that's sort of why I think we both agree. Take care of business early. Let's demoralize them early and kind of let this be an easy evening for everybody. As long as Caleb Williams doesn't break his hand in the game and Lincoln Riley leaves him in the game, like Pete Carroll left John David Booty to stay in the game with broken fingers on his throwing hand, and then kept throwing the ball instead of just running, then I think we'll be okay. I don't think they can pull off the upset. But if history repeats itself in that way and we refuse to go to our backup quarterback in Miller Moss, just like Pete Carroll refused to go to a perfectly capable Mark Sanchez back in the day, then sure, we could lose. But since we're talking about what's going to happen, let's get right to the predictions. That's what everyone wants to hear anyway. And to recap how I'm doing so far, well, Last week, I had the Cal grad and ESPN and Pac-12 network play-by-play broadcaster Roxy Bernstein on, and he has shrunk my lead against the guests. It's down to just 9-8-4 and four record on the year for me as he went 2-1 and one last week. Beginning with the players we believe in, I was thinking that Mario Williams was going to play at the time that we recorded the show last week because USC has been really downplaying the whole Mario Williams injury, and I was wrong, obviously, he did not play, and Roxy went with Tuli Tui-Pilotu, who had the four tackles, two and a half for loss, two of them being sacked, so he basically won that by default. In the game score, SC being a 21-point favorite last week, I had it 38-20 SC, so SC winning but not covering. Roxy had SC right on the number, 38-17, so because of the 41-35 win, and SC not covering, I'll take the win there. And then in the prop bets, Nara's no-doubter last week was that USC would combine to get five sacks and takeaways, and the defense was only able to come up with four combined sacks and takeaways, so I did not get that right. Roxy called his pick Roxy's air traffic control because he was picking Caleb Williams to pass for 300 plus yards, which let's be honest, that's not really a difficult pick in my opinion. But it was also due to the fact that there was the MLS championship game going on on the same day and so traffic and everything like that. So he was correct, obviously, with Caleb going for 360. So he went two and one against me last week, shrinking my lead. And so now, Marcus Grant, we begin with the players that we believe in. And you know what? If you can't beat them, join them, right? So I'm going to go with the D-lineman Tuli Tui Pelotu this week. I haven't picked him yet all season, so I think he's going to have a big game against Colorado again and maybe add a couple more sacks to his nation-leading total of nine so far. So that's the player I believe in. Marcus, who are you going with? 
Well, Jordan Addison is back. And uh, even though the passing game has been good, Caleb Williams has still been productive. You can tell he misses his number one receiver. So I think with Addison back on the field, you will see plenty of targets in his direction. And uh, again, with the Trojans, I think kind of wanting to impose their will, I think we see a lot of that Williams to Addison hookup. So I'm going to say he's the player to believe in. I'm expecting a big game out of him. All right. So you're banking on the return of Jordan Addison leading to big plays out of the USC passing game. So now we move on to our game score. And Marcus, I will let you go first. What is the score? And I think we know who we're picking for the winner. But I also should mention that our sponsor here at Believe Bet Online currently has USC, as we record this on a Friday morning, as a 34-point favorite going in. So in that case, I think they they just get over the number. I'm going to say 49 to 14 for the Trojans. Uh, they put up a big number. I think it's going to be you know, pretty much over at halftime. Maybe they put another touchdown or two up in the second half, but sort of just ride this one out and just get over that number. So Marcus has USC covering the big spread. I have USC just under the number. I've got it 48-17 USC. So a comfortable 31-point win, but just under the 34-point spread that's out there on Bet Online. So we got it pretty close. So obviously if SC covers, you'll take the win. And if SC doesn't cover, I'll take the win. And if SE loses, then we both lose, basically. <laughs> That's how that works. So they better not lose. And now it's time for the prop bet. So Nara's no doubter this week. And I'm just going to repeat my pick from last week. I think they got to come through this week. USC's defense is going to combine for at least five sacks and takeaways. And if I'm wrong two weeks in a row, then shame on me. But come on, USC defense, come through for me here. That is Nara's no doubter for the game against Colorado. Marcus, last year when you were on the show for our matchup against Oregon State, you called your pick taken for granted, and you did get it right. So I don't know if you want to keep the name or if you've got a new name for me, and what is your prop bet pick for this game? Well, since the last one worked, let's just keep it at take it for granted. Why do I switch <laughs> that up at this point? Obviously, look, I said Jordan Addison is the player to believe in. I think he's going to have a big game. I'm going to say... Three total touchdowns. There may be a rushing touchdown in there, maybe a jet sweep or something like that. But I think Addison accounts for three total touchdowns. Who knows? Maybe even let him throw a pass. I have no idea. I don't know if he can throw the football, but whatever. Somehow he will account for three touchdowns in this game on Friday night. So doubling down with your Jordan Addison pick. I like it. There's been a few of the guys who have done that this year, doubling down on their player that they believe in and the prop bet so Marcus's taken for granted is wide receiver Jordan Addison in his return from injury will account for three total touchdowns in the game so to recap our predictions for this week beginning with the players we believe in I'm going on the defensive side with Tuli Tui Pelotu the three-time Pac-12 defensive line player of the week already so far this season Marcus going offense with wide receiver Jordan Addison in his return to the lineup in our game score. I'm going 48-17 Trojans. Marcus has SC covering the 34-point spread with a 49-14 prediction. And in our prop bet picks, Nara's no doubter, trying once again, USC's defense will have five-plus combined sacks and takeaways. And Marcus's taken for granted, Jordan Addison with three total touchdowns in the game. So we'll see how 
those predictions turn out, and obviously the margin that I have been winning against the guests is now shrinking week by week, so we'll see how Marcus does in that tally as well. So this is the Everything USC Podcast on Believe. I'm your host, Nara Wang, and I'm joined by Marcus Grant, host of NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network, my good longtime friend and former USC roommate. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe, download, and rate it on all of your favorite podcast directories, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, TuneIn, and so many more. Or go to our website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Network and at Believe Sports. To catch up with me on social media, I'm on Twitter. Find and follow me at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Marcus, where do the people catch up with you on social media or any regular form of media? Yeah, uh, best place is always Twitter. That's sort of the clearinghouse for stuff. Marcus G there. Uh, Marcus Grant, the full name, if you want to find me doing weird stuff on TikTok. This is Steve Lavin, and you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Network. And in the final segment of every show I've been doing during football season, I'm asking my guests about their feelings on USC and UCLA's Move to the Big Ten beginning in 2024 that got announced on the final day of June this summer. So, Marcus, you and I both grew up in Northern California. We've both been Pac-10, Pac-12 fans basically our whole lives, went to USC. So when you heard this news, how surprised were you to hear about it? And what do you think about the decision by the two L.A. schools to jump ship it definitely caught me off guard, right? And I know we're in this new Twitter era where like everybody can have a blue check mark and you never know what's real and what's parody. And like I actually had to look and make sure this wasn't like a fake, you know, like I don't know, Stuart Mandel or Andy Staples account or something uh, you know, reporting this. It definitely surprised me. Look, from an actual logical financial standpoint, I understand it. The Pac 12 was not only not going anywhere, probably going in reverse in a lot of respects. You know, the TV deals, the coverage deals were lagging behind significantly a lot of the other power conferences. The level of play on the field had dropped significantly across the conference. So from that respect, I understand why the move was made. But just from an emotional impact, I hate it. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. Like, yeah, like you mentioned, I grew up in, in Pac-10 country. I was in the Bay Area. I mean, for me as a kid, I was a huge Cal fan, you know, growing up like being in junior high, high school, watching Jason Kidd and Lamond Murray and those guys at, at Cal. I, that was sort of my thing. And being at USC and, and having all those Pac-10 and now Pac-12 battles, like there's something, there's still a regional emotional tie to college sports. And I think we're losing that a lot. You know, like you talk about this game being on a Friday night and, and every USC fan can tell you that if you see on the schedule a Thursday night in the state of Oregon, you are dreading that because you know it's going to be bad. I would rather have that emotional attachment and that emotional dread than say a foggy Saturday morning in Evanston or Champaign that, that just doesn't do anything for me. And everybody talks about how great it's going to be when USC plays Ohio State, where they go to Ann Arbor and play Michigan. And that's cool. Those are one or two games out of the year. That doesn't make up for dreary games against Iowa or having to travel to Piscataway to take on Rutgers. There just isn't that, that history, that emotional tie there. I don't, I don't hate any of those schools. I'm indifferent to most of them. And I think that's sort of the problem, is just generating that energy. And it's going to take a long, long time, if ever, before we sort of have that. So I understand the finances of it. I get it. And I know this is going to be a big payday for both of those schools. 
But just from an emotional standpoint, it's going to be hard to sort of muster that same energy when, you know, we're waking up on a Saturday morning and it's us against Maryland or something. It just it just doesn't feel the same to me. You mean Fox Big Noon kickoff at 9 a.m. isn't appealing to you uh, to watch us <laughs> yeah. play against Iowa in bad weather or Penn State in bad weather? I mean, I know there's an excitement about fans getting to see us go play at new venues, and some of them are historic venues and teams. And I think it's more special that we would play these teams in the Rose Bowl, right? I mean, Michigan, Ohio State against USC in the Rose Bowl have been some of the great matchups in college football history, and it's going to be fun maybe at the beginning, but after a while, it just becomes conference games, and you're going to lose some of that luster, and how much are USC fans really going to be able to travel, so we're going to have to rely on all of our USC alumni in the Midwest to go to all of these games, and it's going to be interesting to see how those road matchups do and not just in football, right? In all of these other sports where I think it's really more of an effect because football is a once a week sport, but in basketball, men's and women's, in volleyball and lacrosse. I mean, every one of these sports is going to have to travel a lot and play in certain weather that, again, let's be honest, right? USC in bad weather is not traditionally good. Well, we're going to have to turn that around now and play well in bad weather because November games in the middle of nowhere in the snow does not sound appealing to me. So we'll see how that turns out. But what do you think it's going to do to the Pac-12 conference? My thought is, and it may not happen right away, is that you will see what's left of the Pac-12 probably merge with what they consider the best of the Mountain West. I feel like that's probably the path forward for them because you know you, you can't really survive if you are you know, maybe you fall down to potentially an eight-team conference that, you know, if the Big Ten or somebody else comes calling and decides to poach a couple of teams, I think you just have what's left of the Pac-12. You merge them with the Mountain West, and then, uh, you know, you've got to figure it out from there. But I don't think it's going to be a bright future. I think you're going to just have, you know, kind of some leftover conferences sort of melding together to be one thing. But I don't think it's going to be a great situation for whoever's left in the Pac-12 and, and whoever's left in the Mountain West. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if the – Remaining 10 schools will remain as a Pac-10 or whether they're going to try and raid, whether it's the Mountain West or someone else to try and bring another team or two in. Everyone talks about San Diego State to keep the SoCal market. Obviously, there's been news breaking this week about Gonzaga maybe talking to the Big 12 about joining. And why wouldn't you go after Gonzaga then to bring into the Pac-12, even if it's not involved with football, because that would help the basketball side of things. So a lot of it has to do with the media rights as well. The Pac-12 decided to open up their media rights early, and they let the exclusive bargaining windows with Fox and ESPN lapse, so they're basically a free agent out there. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with all of that. But I think you're right. I think just from an emotional standpoint, it's tough for a lot of fans to be rooting for USC as a Big Ten school, right? Like, let's say... They can keep that Rose Bowl tie together where the Pac-12 or 10 or whatever it is is going to play the Big 10, even though it's the Big 16 or whatever it is. And we're going to be representing the Big 10 in the Rose Bowl? Like, that's going to be very odd if that ends up being the case in the future. And let's face it, all this is for football. This is all so we can get a super 
football league playoff together in the future. So I think I've said it before, let's just separate football from the rest of the sports so we don't have USC and UCLA playing Big Ten basketball. Let's just leave them in the Pac-12. Let's have football. You can be wherever you want to be for football. You know, figure it out. I think there are smart minds out there, if you're allowed to listen to them, that we can put together some kind of league, super conferences, some whatever system for football. But for you, is it going to be a transition period to trying to figure out, hey, where am I watching USC? When can I watch them? And all of that stuff, if this happens in 2024? Yeah, I think it'll be okay. I mean, I think the, the good news is we're going to have TV deals that are going to be easier to find. It won't be the, hey, are we on Pac-12 network? Is it the 7.30 p.m. kickoff? Like, I think we'll understand that part. So that, I think, is less of a concern. It's just more about the opponents and the travel and just kind of building those rivalries again. That's the thing that concerns me. Yeah, I'm with you. And again, we're going to have some good matchups, definitely, for sure. Obviously, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State are all great football programs. But I just don't know how thrilled the other sports are going to be about having to go to Penn State and Maryland and Rutgers on a week-long road trip just so we can knock it all off travel-wise and make some sense of it so that the players aren't just constantly flying back and forth across the country. So, Marcus, thank you as always for joining me on the Everything USC podcast. It's always great to catch up with you. No, appreciate the invitation. Glad to be back. and. Fight on. Go Trojans. Beat the Buffaloes. So for my guests, Marcus Grant of the NFL Network, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 69 of the Everything USC podcast presented by Bet Online on Believe, the number one content network for professionals, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as always, I end every show by telling everybody to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.